All right. Welcome to the Culture Class Podcast. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in for yet another episode. My name is Nosayari and I use this podcast to interact with people from different backgrounds and learn about other cultures from around the world. Today, I have uh, an interesting guest on the podcast. She's a musician. She's of Mexican origin and she uh, is in the hip-hop music space uh, in the U.S. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Anavi. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Right. Uh, we're just, uh, I always like talking about the weather. I don't know. Everyone does kind of like before the podcast to like break the ice. And it's always interesting to see when I interview people from different places. Some people are in very hot regions. Some people it's raining. Some people it's snowing, like different things. Uh, but what is your like ideal weather? Would you rather the snow, the cold or the heat? What's your ideal stuff? My ideal weather is the cold. I mean, not snowing, but maybe at a 60 degree weather. Um, that's my ideal weather. Uh, where I'm from, it's in, it's Coachella, California. So um, it's an hour and a half close to the Mexican border and two hours away from Los Angeles. So the weather right here, we're in a hole pretty much. Um, we're surrounded by mountains and we live in a desert. So right here, it actually gets to 125 degrees in wow. summer. Wow. Yeah, it's horrible. Nobody likes to go out, so I hate the summer. Wait, is it the same Coachella heart. where they have the festival? Is that actually a place? I yes. thought it was just the name of the festival. No, it's actually a city and I live two blocks away from it. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Man, you must be networking every summer trying to get in, right? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect, perfect, perfect. Okay, um, before we kind of like dive deep into your career and all that, let's talk about the girl. Like uh, your your name is Anna V, obviously your stage name. Let's talk about Anna, Anna Valenzuela. Um, you live two hours from the Mexican border right now or an hour from the Mexican border, but you do have Mexican heritage. So talk to me about growing up. Like how were your parents like growing up? Like were you born in Mexico? Were you born in the U.S.? That whole thing. Well, I'll tell you an interesting thing. Um, my mom was crossing over from Mexicali, uh, crossing the border over to Calexico while she was um, giving birth, pretty much. She was opening. <laughs> wow. So, yes, if my mom wouldn't have power walked her way to the United States, I would have been born in Mexico. Um, as soon as she crossed over, uh, the ambulance picked her up. They noticed, you know, obviously that she was about to give birth. And they rushed her over to a city called El Centro, which is um, 20 minutes away from the border. Uh, and I was born on 4th of July, which is the Independence Day for wow. the United States of America. That, that's destiny right there. <laughs> that's destiny. <laughs> I was like, boom. Right, right, right. Party. <laughs> that's, that, that's, pretty, that's pretty interesting because, you know, uh, I was interviewing someone, uh, Elizabeth Gomez as well. She was born on the Mexican-Texas border as well. Uh, it kind of like a similar story, you know. It just goes to show how a lot of immigrants, like, do a lot for the betterment of their future families. Like, I, I'm an immigrant as well. And even though I have, like, a different story, like, there are sacrifices that our parents made for us to kind of, like, try to have a better life. And I guess we owe it to the future generations to, like, pay it forward in a way and owe it to our community. Um, but before we go forward, let me actually thank you for the donation you made. Like, I just checked my email, like, a couple of days ago, and I saw that you sent me something on PayPal. So I want to say thank you. I really appreciate that. And like I was telling you before the interview, that was, that's the very first time a guest has actually donated. Uh, usually it's, like, listeners or people on social media. Like, you're the very first guest of all my, like, hundred 
plus interviews <laughs> that sent me something. So <laughs> thank you so much. No, no worries. I think that we should all support each other in whatever we can. Most definitely. Like you're a creator. I'm a creator as well. So you probably understand the struggle more yeah. or less. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, so yeah, I just wanted to get back to the Mexican heritage. So, you know, growing up, I grew up in Calexico, which is the first city um, when you cross Mexico, right there, um, Mexicali, two hours away. So that's where I grew up in, in Calexico for 11 years. Uh, my mom was a field worker. She would pick up lettuce, um, you know, um, plant a tomato or do do everything pretty much that a field worker does throughout the whole season so that's what i grew up in uh, just uh in that environment my dad was never around so i grew up with a single mother um from there we that's when um that's when we moved she got injured so we moved to to india and in india we actually lived in, in a homeless shelter india is that a city in mexico on the mexican no, side india is, uh, is five minutes away from coachella okay okay in the u.s yeah, we, we lived there in a homeless shelter and actually uh, would stay in a park sometimes, you know, okay. sleeping. We went through some rough times. And I don't say, you know, for empathy or anything, because that makes me proud, you know, from where I'm at right now. Uh, so from there, you know, my teenage years. Did you um, have Did you have siblings? Uh, I mean, you were yeah. like, what, 11 when you were sleeping in parks and things. So how many of, yeah. how many siblings uh, did you have? I have three older brothers, three older brothers. Um, we all, you know, stick together. And the one, my oldest brother was in the military when this happened, when um, my mom got injured and this and that. And he's the one who, you know, um, got himself out of the army to help us out. And from there, you know, years later, I'm attending high school, uh, so forth. My brothers enroll in the military and the army. Oh, can I can I pause you there real quick? Like, what what was one experience, uh, maybe one not so pleasant experience that you can remember vividly during that period in the homeless shelter and even in the parks, where you just thought that wow, that I know, like I'm not supposed to be going through this or for this to be happening to me at eleven, twelve. You know. At that time, I would just see people re react different. I wasn't familiar with people being on drugs and so forth. The, we were basically the only regular family in the shelter. Everybody mm. was, you know, on, on drugs, on bad steps. So for me, experiencing that, um, I would just, you know, what the heck is wrong with those people? Because I wouldn't know how people acted with drugs or if they were on drugs. So that was one of the experiences. Another one was um, I wouldn't, I would hide from people knowing that I lived in a shelter because I knew that they were going to make fun of me. Right. I knew that that was going to happen. Um Another experience is just uh, being in a almost military schedule. We would wake up at five in the morning. We had to five in the morning at six. We would eat breakfast um, when I would, you know, on the weekends. I'll give you an example. At 11, we had lunch. At 5 p.m., we had dinner, and then we would have to go back to our rooms. Um, but before, yeah, before getting into our rooms, um, which was when we barely got there, we slept on the floor in a chapel for maybe a week. And um, yeah, we we stayed there maybe for like a year. Or so going back and forth to the to the parks and things like that is just like. Uh, 
it's amazing. I don't think an 11-year-old should, you know, go through that. And I wish, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing like that to anybody. And I did, you know, have a talk to my mom about that. But I mean, I have no hard feelings for her because she tried her best at, right. at life. Did your dad ever make it to the U.S. or no? Oh, yeah. He's in the U.S. He's, you know, he has his own company and and his other families. But, you know, I was never I was never a part of something that he wanted. I guess you can say that. <laughs> wow. Well, wow. and experiencing all that drug use. Maybe that's why you stick to IPA now. <laughs> So, so what kind of, were you listening to music during all this, uh, during this experience? Did um, all yeah. that shape what you're currently doing? And what were some of the songs you were listening to uh, growing up through that? Well, I listened to a lot of Kanye West. Mm. Yeah, I used to listen to a lot of Kanye. What is it like 808 and Heartbreak or it's more like late registration, college dropout kind of thing? Yeah, it's, yeah. And college dropout is actually my favorite album of all time. Nice. Who put yeah. you on to Kanye West? Like, what, what was the first brother. time you heard? Okay. My older brother. He's the one that would play, you know, growing up. I would listen to Tupac, Biggie, um, Jay-Z. Right. Um, and all, all of those. You know, kind you know the thing about Kanye West, like when he came out, he was like an anomaly. Like I grew up like on like late 90s hip hop, very hardcore, DMX, that kind of thing. And when Kanye came, it was like this suburban kid from Chicago, you know, not really rapping gangster rap. Like he was sort of like an, anom- an, an anomaly. And it's interesting you said like he influenced you like growing up because you in a way are kind of like an anomaly yourself, right? Because you're like in the hip hop space, you're a woman, you're a Mexican descent and you're rapping in both like English and like Spanish and different things like would you say you felt out of place when you started to do music being a woman how was that experience for you well of course I mean I actually took that as an advantage because there's not a lot of female artists out there especially Mexican American artists um I didn't feel out of place. I, you know, in the beginning, my my first album called Throwback, which I released it uh, 2020. Those were my old songs that I recorded 2016, 2017. My first songs, and um, I guess you can say that I was trying to um, find my voice. But as far as feeling out of place because of being a woman. No, I guess I was just um, trying to find my style. Right. Now I can see how, you know, you built a lot of resilience just from the stories you told me. So obviously you had a lot of confidence going in. But were there any kind of surprises while you were trying to chase your dreams? Like people saying, no, you shouldn't be doing this. Like this is not for you or you're a woman. Or did you experience cases of bullying or anything like that while, uh, during the early days or even now? Yeah, well, in the beginning, nobody took me serious. But then again, that was because I wasn't being persistent with my music. Um, I was attending college and I focused more on school. Uh, This past year, 2020, is when I've been really consistent, you know, releasing single after single. Uh, And a very hard decision for me was releasing the videos. My first video was 12 IPA. So I live in so Colorado, so out. the beer so, culture is strong. So shout out to you for that one. <laughs> 
Yeah, so check this out. So throughout the years, I've gained weight, I've lost weight, I've got, I've gained weight, and it's been back and forward. I've had um three kids, one of them who passed away. I'm sorry. Um, after the, yeah, it's okay. After that, after the loss of my baby, I had another baby, but I still kept writing, still kept writing, and still kept writing. And I actually recorded when I was pregnant. <laughs> Um, so yes, so a very big step, um, was me putting myself out there to the world, showing who I am, no matter my weight, no matter what I look like, I would, you know, I just said, you know what, F it, I'm going to just release it. If people, if people like it, good. If, if they don't, then whatever. So I released it. I got a lot of positive feedback from my 12 IPA video. Uh, this, this last video, I got a lot of bad criticism and a lot of bullying from males. Males specifically? Yes, no woman at all commented anything bad. When you're talking about your last video, you mean the In My Bag video, the most recent yes, one? Yes, In My Bag. Why? Um, what, what kind of criticisms? What were they saying? Oh, they were calling me, you fat lord. They told me, um, oh, with all that money, you should get surgery, which I already have planned. <laughs> I'm, I am going to get surgery. Um, they called me um, the white Lizzo. Uh, they called me, uh, oh, she has she has um, a lot of McDonald's burgers in her bag or Wendy's burgers, all kinds of like. Let me let me guess. This were all from YouTube. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a good idea to read YouTube comments. Very ignorant people. Uh, right. who, are, who are on that platform just uh you know it takes a lot this is coming from a creator i can imagine as a, as a as a man i don't go through half the stuff that you have to go through but i know what i kind of know a little bit how it feels to put your effort into creating something if it's a podcast or music or whatever i'm putting it out there to being critiqued and people who have never created anything just you know mm-hmm. ripping you down um so uh, that must have really been tough you being in school having kids and you know unfortunately like one of them passing away and still pushing through through your music like where did you get that strength from is it your mother is it just the resilience you 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 had growing up especially you know no one wishes for anyone to lose a child but how did you even find the strength to continue after that happened um well obviously i always saw my mom you know overcome all the bad things that happened in her life um she happens to be an orphan so i have no family whatsoever you know how i said that that my dad um was never around yeah. so yeah it was just but you have three um, brothers right are yeah, they are they married yeah they're married now <laughs> yeah but i guess the strength just praying praying and and you know from support from the people around me thankfully you know they're real helpful and and they were there to support me through the times where i had really horrible depression um you know, I was at a point where I didn't want to be here on earth any- anymore, even though I had a daughter. And when you're in depression, when you're going through depression, honestly, you don't care about anybody. It's just about yourself. And it sucks because now that I'm good, it's like, wow, I was really selfish. Um, I have so many people that love me. But one of the things that, that why I'm this way of persevering and, you know, things will get better eventually and why I decided to pursue music is because I graduated college and I was actually the outstanding graduate. So they gave me a plate 
of being pretty much the the top class person. Uh, what I college did you go to? Santa Barbara. You Santa Barbara, and you studied business, right? Yes. Um, and I graduated with honors. So my perspective is like, if I did this with college, with um my degree, I can obviously do whatever I can to to make the best of it with music because music is what I really love. My plan B is business administration. We know what I went to school for, so that's where I get my strength from. From you know, it's all about persevering in life. You can't stay stuck when negative stuff's going around you. And that's a new album, right? Perseverance. Yeah, that's the reason why I called it Perseverance. Nice. And, and are you going to be leading people through a journey? Because sometimes you talked about being in depression and you know, thank goodness, like you got yourself out of that. But sometimes being a creator, when you try to relive some of those moments and telling your story of depression through the album, it's kind of like a slippery slope because you might fall back into that place. How do you navigate that? Are you even going to be telling stories about those tough times? And if you are like, how are you navigating recording those kinds of songs? Um, I did record some of them. Um, there's some pieces in each song, I would say, you know, of, about my life. But my last track is called Can't Tell Me Nothing. Kanye so I decided, <laughs> yeah, so I decided to to leave that track on the end because it, you can't tell me nothing. I'm up really came from nothing. That's what the song says. And you know, that's what that's what I decided to end it with because because I persevered that, you know, nice. I persevered. Nothing brought me down and I kept pushing. Now, this following album that I'm going to be um, posting is in 2021, maybe uh, after after summer, most likely. I'm working on it right now. Wow, There's you're just song. dropping albums back to back to back. I love it. Yes, I have to. <laughs> I you love gotta it. keep the people yeah, going. I can't, I can't imagine how being a musician is nowadays. Like I'm a podcaster. I publish an, a new episode every week. Even that is hard off in itself. But I have help, right? Because I have other guests who are bringing their personality to the project. I'm trying my best to. But like an artist, like releasing music. Music, it's gone at the days where you release one single and you sit on it for six months. Like you have to like be dropping new things. Like people are releasing two albums a year, an album every year. Like that kind of pressure like what would you say is the makes it rewarding to go through that like is it the adoration from fans is it the money you might get from shows here and there is it the legacy you're leaving or the stories you're telling through your music like what what keeps you going well to me the pressure is high at times because there's times when I write my music is wherever I get the inspiration. I can be in the drive-thru, I can be in the store, someone's talking to me, oh wait, I'm writing something. <laughs> so whenever I have a chance, I write or whenever I get an idea. But you know, I just finished, what is it, like six Spanish songs that I had been working on since January. So if I wanted to, I already have three um that I had recorded. If I wanted to, I could drop the album sooner, but no. You got to let the fans, you know, <laughs> get excited with little singles here and there. Right. Um, but overall, I enjoy interacting with the fans and, you know, keeping them entertained because exactly if it wasn't for them, you know, we wouldn't be here. Right. right. And, Same here. And about dropping content, you know, days apart or or as far as albums like like I am. 
I think it's very important because many artists just drop, well, obviously, you know, the top artists, let's say Kendrick Lamar, Drake, they, they don't drop albums anymore, you know, continuously because at that point where they're at, they don't need to. <laughs> Right, right. Um, but as an upcoming artist, I think you just need to, you know, keep releasing music and making sure that people see you. They may not like your post, but they're seeing you. Right, right. Plus, it sharpens your craft as well. The more you do it, like, you know, the more we creative people. I figure that it takes like three to five years to really like reach an inflection point because a lot of people I've seen, like obviously a lot of them have done it for longer before they get their big break. But it's like three to five years just up, you know, around that range before things start to make sense, you know, because when I listen to artists that I like, like I just discovered like 20. 24k golden and i think he's from california as well and yeah. i was going to some of his songs and i was seeing that those songs were like three years old two years old like wow this guy has been grinding for like three four years up until this point and that's where his golden boy album or whatever is just you know starting to to pick up some steam so i can relate you know in that sense um yeah. how, how will you categorize your your music i know a lot of musicians don't like to be put in a box in a sense uh you you rap in spanish uh you do hip-hop i know you're being played on like like latino radio stations you're also being played on like urban radio stations but how will you categorize like the type of music you do you know what <laughs> i don't even know what to call it it would be a remix of everything right <laughs> i mean you can, I, you can name it something coachella rap or something everyone has a genre nowadays i think i'm about to do that that's a good that's a good name <laughs> right right and you're right yeah. there it's funny that you're right there you know a couple of blocks away from where Coachella is held uh every year but is there a stage you've always dreamt of performing let's say besides Coachella right because it's so close to you like a lot of people growing up saying oh they want to do Madison Square Garden some people say they want to perform you know in the deserts of I don't know Dubai or something the Burj Khalifa some people say they want to perform at the Wembley Arena in London like is there a place that you've been looking at like oh i want to perform there kind of one day besides, besides, besides coachella besides right. coachella the staples center mm. the staples center mm. i think once you hit the, if you sell out in the staples center i think you're you're just you're just straight up star the i believe the only mexican um woman who has sold out the staples center I don't know if you're familiar with, but her name was Jenny Rivera. Jenny Rivera? No. Yeah. She was singing regional Mexican music. She was really big. And I believe in 2011, unfortunately, or 2013, 2011 to 2013, I'm unsure of the date, but she unfortunately passed away in an um, airplane crash. Oh, my. That's yeah. The, it was a huge, uh, what was her name? Um, oh, J-Lo played her in the movie. What's... Uh... Oh, Selena. Selena. Mm -hmm. Also, yeah, well, of course, Alina is the legend. <laughs> yeah, that was like, I was like in the 90s and stuff, like a lot of, like, what, who are some of your popular, like Latino artists or Mexican artists and some of your, you know, maybe hip hop artists? My favorite? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, definitely Jenny Rivera, because I can relate to her story. Um, for women, I Missy Elliott. I like Missy Elliott a lot. Nice. She, she definitely stood out, you know from other women artists. Um, Kanye West, obviously, I love Kanye. Who else? I listen to Diplomat. Really? I don't know if yeah. I don't like know if Cameron and them guys? Jim Jones and them? Yeah, it's it. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, mm -hmm. Okay. Um, other Mexican artists, I like... Um, 
I don't, they're called grupos sierreños is when they use, you know, the, the accordions, the, the guitars, all yeah. that. I'm into that too. And my, one of my favorite groups is called, um, Los Alegres del Barranco. Um, I grew up listening to Chalino Sanchez too. Chalino Sanchez. I've heard yes. that before. Yeah, very popular um, Mexican singer. Yeah, you know what? You're you're such you're in such a unique spot, right? Because you 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 have access to all this. Let's let's speak from the music side. You have access to all these artists from your heritage, but based on where you grew up, you also have access from a whole different group of people from hip hop and the rest. So I always like to I always like to say like the the best way to share culture is through music and food, and you're obviously right. doing it through music. But that's one of the reasons why I started the podcast like how can people use your knowledge of other culture to like spread information to people who might not necessarily be aware of certain stuff and in that way making people more tolerable and everything so I I really look forward to what you're gonna do because you you might as well be that bridge and being a woman as well like you said it's an, ad, ad, uh, an advantage and I love your your perseverance and what you're doing with everything what is the future for you let's say in the next you know two to three years obviously you're going to be dropping albums and things like that but is there a particular project you're working on is there something you see yourself achieving how will your career progress say in the near future honestly i feel that this spanish album that i'm going to drop is going to open doors for me that's how confident i am in this project um i had i don't i'm not sure if you're familiar with some um he does a lot of tiktoks and he's an influencer his name is duno duno yeah where is he from he's from la and he's very well known oh uh, unfortunately but, i'm not on tiktok so right. I, might, I might be aging myself a little bit there but <laughs> no don't worry i don't even have a tiktok account <laughs> right well i was on one of his lives and he really liked one of my songs and he even asked to be on it for free wow um, yeah and he was just telling me like oh i can't believe how much talent this girl has he was telling his girlfriend and sometimes i even just you know i screen recorded it and i'm like finally you know some besides my peers somebody you know that has dropped an album with his friends and stuff they recognize that i have potential and it feels good to you know to hear that not just coming from your friends because you know it just gives you more motiv motivation to keep going in, in, in the music business something you love but as far as, as open i think that album is really gonna open doors for me and i have a lot of faith in it that's why i'm putting everything into it and making making sure it sounds like a banger i'm planning to drop four videos possibly five of that album because i'm ready to just like boom one after another <laughs> let's go let's go together. i mean you do have potential like trust me if you didn't i i, I wouldn't put you on the <laughs> <laughs> on the episode out of look for an excuse but yeah I, I like the music you do i like how you're integrating different cultures in into that genre and i love what you you have in store for the fans you know I, i'm working on uh, on kind of like a a soundtrack for my podcast as well so you know hopefully we can be blessed with some of your stuff as well but we can talk about that offline yeah um, of course i'm open to it but yeah, yeah. But i'm still actually writing music i have i have a couple of, of english tracks that i need to release too but i'm obviously focusing on the spanish right now and then you know that's only like the tricky part i'd say you know 
uh, of my audience. I do have some listeners that only speak English and understand English. So um, that's only the tricky part, but I'm still going to be delivering English music. Right. To, you know, but I have a lot of my audience. Majority of it is Latin or Mexican-American. So that's why I'm trying to push this this album out. Right, right. I mean, it sometimes it doesn't matter, right? Like, look what's going on in K-pop. Like, I don't understand Korean, but, you know, I enjoy what those guys, BTS and them other guys, you know, have in store for us. And I'm Nigerian, so we have a popular genre uh, in, on the continent called Afrobeats, you know, with the Burner Boys who performed at Coachella, Davidos and these other guys. Like, a lot of times, a, a lot of people don't understand what you're saying because you're speaking, like, in yeah. English, but they enjoy the vibe, like, the way it's going. So I feel there's a, there's a niche there like you just have to kind of like understand your audience which you're you're already doing you know to be honest like a lot of people like drake you know go to feature bad bunny or try to speak in spanish once in a while to get that market but he's kind of like you know hopping on the trend you are the trend because you lived it so you have the best of both worlds like you can't get any more authentic and you know like i said i have no idea i have no doubt that you know you, you probably have a lot of good things in store um thank you i appreciate that most definitely yeah um i just want to thank you thank you for coming on the podcast you know kind of like sharing your story um i like to give my guests you know a few minutes at the end of the episode to you know talk to their future self or you know talk to their fans or maybe drop social media if people want to reach out to you, um, anything you want to do, um, you have the floor. Well, you can reach me on Instagram. I'm mainly on there. That's the app I most use. Um, it's Anna V, A-N-A-V-E-E underscore Girl from the Heat together, all together. Um, I'm on Spotify, uh, iTunes, on all platforms, Anna V, Space, Girl from the Heat. And um, hopefully you guys enjoy my music and you enjoyed this interview because I did. <laughs> nice, nice. And we'll, and we'll have the link to your Spotify and other stuff in the description. So if you guys just want to click that, check her out. Um, Girl from the Heat, what is that based off where you live right now, based on the temperature? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> I figured. I figured. I figured. I wonder what I'll call myself. Girl, boy from the. I've lived in so many places, but it's all good though. Yeah. Thank you, Anavi, for uh, coming on the podcast. As usual, um, you guys can follow us as Culture Class Podcast everywhere. Send us an email at cultureclasspodcast at gmail.com or go to cultureclass.com, cultureclasspodcast.com. Um, drop us a voice note. Check out our blog and other cool stuff we're doing. Um, again, appreciate people that came out for people of culture two weeks ago more things in store before the end of the year we're going to be announcing the soundtrack and the rollout for that in the coming months so hopefully we can have anavi and a couple of other cool artists on there as well um till next time guys be well <laughs>